Welcome, Valley family, to week number four in our series uh, that we're calling Seven. We're looking at these powerful statements that Jesus made in the Gospel of John, really describing who he was. And uh, last week, if you joined us, uh, we, we talked about the statement that Jesus made, I am the door. And, and I actually, you know, said that it was kind of like part one, and today is part two, because these two, when he says, I am the door, and, and today we want to look at his statement, I am the good shepherd, they're so closely related, only like a verse splits them apart, uh, that uh, we're going to get a comprehensive kind of picture that he's trying to teach you and teach me uh, and, and all of his followers about who he really is. So, so grateful that you joined us uh, on our online campus or wherever you're watching it uh, here today. So, um, you, you know, this whole idea of I am the shepherd, let me give you a little uh, practical uh, example of this and even a St. Patrick's Day which is coming up a uh, shout out here's a picture that I took when uh, Susie and I were in Ireland actually a couple of years ago this is called the Gap of Dunlow in County Kerry they don't say uh, Kerry County it's County Kerry in Ireland and uh, this is a very famous beautiful beautiful part of Ireland and you'll see here we can zoom in actually uh, these are two sheep right here. They're, they're actually like painted red and blue and red and blue. And uh, it was one of the first times that I've ever had a chance to kind of see sheep up close and personal. We were there with some, some other friends as well. And a couple things stood out. And then I've done a little research, obviously, for this, uh, for this message today. But, but sheep are not very intelligent creatures at all. In fact, they will literally, if they find something that they like that they eat, they'll li literally eat until their stomach explodes. They're just like, oh, this is good. They'll just keep doing it, do it until their stomach explodes. Not only that, if they fall on their back, they're actually unable to even flip back over again. And close to this spot, if we could go back to that first slide again, close to this spot right here, we actually found a sheep carcass of, of a single sheep uh, that was flipped over on its back and died that way. That they literally can't get back over again. So, so sheep are not necessarily really super intelligent of all animals. Uh, and they also need constant care and constant supervision and, and instruction, if you want to look at it that way, uh, from the shepherd. And, and so Jesus is picking up on this great topic uh, this great idea of sheep, and, and we find sheep all throughout the Bible. In fact, some of the best leaders, some of the most famous people that we know in the Bible were actually shepherds. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses did a little career stint being a shepherd as well. Uh, and, and so this whole idea, King David was a shepherd. And, and so there's a lot we can learn from this statement that Jesus makes, I am the good shepherd. And so uh, let's just jump right in. John chapter 10, verse 11, almost exactly where we left off last week. And I just want to read this through and then we'll unpack it during our time together because it has really powerful implications about who Jesus is and what he wants to be for you and what he wants to be for me as well. So Jesus says, John 10, beginning in verse 11, I am the good shepherd. Meaning there are other shepherds, they're not necessarily the good shepherd. They could be a good shepherd, but not, not the good shepherd. And they're also bad shepherds. We'll, he'll explain that in just a minute. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. That's exactly what Jesus did for you and for me. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and he runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock 
and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. This is not a good shepherd. This is a hireling. This is someone who's just in it for a paycheck. But he goes, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. That's what a good shepherd does. That's what the good shepherd did. He continues to speak. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. And that's what God's working on right now. One flock, one shepherd on planet earth. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. So right here we already have a preview that Jesus is getting his disciples ready. Like, I'm going to lay my life down. I'm going to take it up again. He's talking about the resurrection. That's what we're going to be celebrating at Easter in our five services, identical services, uh, as we celebrate the resurrection of the good shepherd who laid his life down and took it back up again. And, and so if you haven't already, I encourage you to go ahead and reserve your spot pre-registry. You need to do that. One of our five services, two on Saturday and three on Sunday. He continues to talk here and he goes, No one takes it up from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. And so he's, he's explaining that using this imagery that he's a good shepherd and he doesn't end there. He goes right on in verse 27, dropping down. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my father's hand. And I, uh, I and the father are one. And so Jesus is saying here, this is how I want to care for my followers. You're the sheep. He's saying about himself, he's the good shepherd, and this is how he wants to care for you, and he wants to care for me. Shepherds do what they need to do to take care of their sheep. And Jesus is saying, I'm going to do what I've got to do to take care of my followers because he is the good shepherd. The reality is, whether we recognize it or not, this imagery, every one of us has a shepherd. You, you can't live life without having a shepherd. Every one of us has someone or something that we're following. Jesus is the good shepherd. He's the one that we should be following. But, but maybe Jesus isn't your good shepherd. What shepherds do we have? Well, some of us, our shepherds are our feelings. We allowed our, our feelings to lead us around. For some of us, it's our friends, our, our shepherd. Culture, whatever the trendy pop culture says, that's who we allow to lead us. For some, it's money that we allow to lead in our decisions. For some of us, it's sports. And, and, and maybe it's, it's participating in sports, but, but maybe uh, you, you know, you're uh, not an, an, an athlete, Maybe instead, you're, you know, if you can't be an athlete, be an athletic supporter. I, I, uh, be a fan is what you want to be. That's what you want to be. Sorry about that. But maybe, maybe it's about fan. Maybe, maybe your life in a seasonal basis revolves around athletics, watching them or participating yourself in them. Uh, maybe it's education that is your shepherd. 
that you turn to, that you allow whatever education tells you or pursuit of education, that you're going to allow, you're going to follow whatever you learn in your education. Maybe it's your parents. Maybe it's your career. That, that that's what you really look to to find comfort and, and direction. Maybe it's your kids. That the reality is, as mom and dad, uh, your kids are actually calling the shots of what they want, what their whims are. And, and that determines the direction of your life. All of those things are lesser shepherds, and, and all of those shepherds are going to lead us in the wrong direction. That's why this is so important. As, as Jesus says, he is the good shepherd. And, and the test of a shepherd's goodness comes down to what a shepherd does when life gets hard. That's, that's the test of a good shepherd. What, what, does, what does a shepherd do when, when the crisis comes? What, what is it, are, are you out on your own in, in the middle of difficulty and crisis, tragedy, pandemic, feed yourself, take care of yourself? That, that's not what a good shepherd does. That's not what Jesus does in times of difficulty. That's not what any good shepherd does. The test of a good shepherd comes down to what a shepherd does when life gets hard. Back to John chapter 10, Jesus' words, he says, The hired man runs away because he's only a, hi a hired man and has no interest in the sheep. When the going gets tough, the shepherd steps up. When the going gets tough, the hireling hides and runs and leaves the, shepherd, the, leaves the sheep vulnerable for attack and danger. Jesus says he's the good shepherd. He, he's not a hired hand. He's not going to run away in times of difficulty, in times of testing. He's going to press in. So what makes a good shepherd so good? I think there's three things. Three things that make a good shepherd so good. I, I want to kind of peel this back, unpack this now, and, and then circle back around to last week's message and connect the two. I am the door, Jesus says. I am the good shepherd. The first thing that makes the good shepherd so good is ownership. Ownership. He makes this real clear. We belong to him. He's like, I, I'm not, this isn't about a paycheck. This is about, I own you. He says, I own you. I own the sheep in my flock. When you belong to them, when you belong to him, you belong to the flock of God. The good shepherd is large and in charge, and and and. Why is it that he owns us? Well, first of all, because he made us. He created you, he created me. In Psalm 103, it says, Know that the Lord is God, it is he who made us, and we are his, we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. That's why he owns you. That's why he owns me, because God created you, and God doesn't make mistakes. And no matter what you might feel about yourself, he's never been like, oh no, how did that happen? How did you end up that? He, he doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't make messes. He doesn't have accidents. And so we belong to him, ownership. But, but more than that, not only do we, own, do, not only do we belong to, to Jesus, the good shepherd, because he created us, but also we belong to him because he bought us. He purchased you. He, he paid the price. He literally bought you. And he bought me as well. This is what the Bible talks about in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 and 19. For you know 
that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed. That's, that's purchased. You were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. Jesus came. God sent his son, God himself. That's who Jesus was, God himself. And he lived a sinless life. And he laid that life down as a sacrifice for you and for me. And with his, he became the lamb of God to purchase you and I as sheep in God's pasture. And he laid his life down as a sacrifice and a substitute for you and for me. And this is what we'll be remembering come Good Friday in our online campus service that'll be playing for 24 hours beginning in Good Friday. And then he rose again from the dead. That's why we can be confident that our sins are paid for in whole. That the Lamb of God, without any defect or blemish, Jesus bought you and bought me through the shedding of his blood. Reality is that uh, we really want Jesus to own us. You, you don't want Jesus to, to just be a hireling. Uh, think about it for just a minute. Uh, the other day I was taking my car through the car wash and, and it just occurred to me like, People don't wash rent-a-cars. What, what happens when, 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 uh, when you rent a car? You just, you just drive it down to, a, there's just a drop left in the gas tank. It's filthy and all that. That's how people return rent-a-cars, because you don't own it. But when you own something, you take care of it. You take more time and attention. You give to it because you own it. You want Jesus to own you. I want Jesus to own me because there's a whole different level of care and compassion and concern that a hired hand will never have for sheep. Jesus says, I'm the owner. That's why I'm the good shepherd. Second thing is this partnership. Partnership. He, he's not a, a cold, distant owner. He's, he's a friend, really, to you and, and to me. It, it's interesting that even this word good, it has a very different meaning in the original language of the New Testament, which is Greek, because when, when we use the word good, you know, somebody can ask, you know, hey, Greg, how are you doing today? And I'm like, uh, it's going good. It's good. I'm good. Because sometimes good can mean not great in, in our English language, but that's not what Jesus is talking about at all. In, in the original language of the New Testament that Jesus is using here where he says, I am the good shepherd, that word good in, in the original language of the New Testament means beautiful, lovely, pleasant, profitable, rich, or fertile. Fertile. It, oftentimes it's used about the quality of the soil in a specific way. This is good soil. This is fertile soil. That, that this, is, this, this soil can be very fruitful and produce an incredible crop. This is good soil. This is good soil. So when Jesus says that he is the good shepherd, he's saying, I am beautiful, I am lovely, I am pleasant, I am profitable, I am rich, and your life will be fruitful when you put me at the center of it. So much here, we're really just scratching the surface, because again, this whole idea of shepherding is all throughout the Bible. In, in John 10, 27, talk about partnership. Remember, Jesus put it this way. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. He says, I just, I just speak the words 
and, and they recognize my voice and they can distinguish my voice from all the other voices. Really, really important point that Jesus makes here. See, the good shepherd is speaking if you're willing to listen. So, so let me ask you this. Who has the loudest voice in your life? Because if, if, if you and I, you know, we wake up every morning and we go to the news or we go to our news feed or, or, or whatever it is, some other podcast, something like that, the good shepherd's speaking all the time. But, but what's the priority voice in your life? If you only listen to the good shepherd's voice for maybe 38 minutes on a Sunday... That's the only time you hear from God's word. That's not really a good diet that's going to make you spiritually fruitful for the rest of the week. If it's only a little two-minute little shout-out, you know, just read a little verse and then get on with the rest of the day. All these other voices, all these other shepherds that we already gave you that list, we're not going to grow spiritually at all. We're going to be skinny, malnourished, sheep there's a lot of skinny sheep around a a, a lot of sheep that are dying of hunger because they're not listening to the voice of the shepherd the good shepherd is speaking if you're willing to listen every morning and he's speaking all the time god the good shepherd is speaking in that church service that you missed last week he he had something to say and you missed it He's always speaking. The big question is, are we always listening? The good shepherd is speaking. Can we go back to that previous slide for just a minute? Jesus said, my sheep listen to my voice. What's the number one quality of a healthy sheep? They listen to the voice of the good shepherd. They hear. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. And he said, they won't follow someone else. And here's the thing. The good shepherd's good even when you and I are not good. It does not change his goodness. That's why we follow him. That's why we need him so much. Be- because the quality, who, who I am, my decision, it doesn't diminish his goodness at all. My actions, my decisions don't, don't diminish the good shepherd's goodness. You probably know the story of the, the, the lost sheep the parable of the lost sheep that Jesus told. And, and he put it this way, Luke 15, 4. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost until he finds it? That's what a good shepherd does because he knows when a, when a, when a sheep, just one sheep is disconnected from the rest of the flock, that sheep is in imminent danger because they're not connected with the rest of the flock, they're out on their own. And, and very likely will end up kind of like that carcass of that sheep that we saw in Ireland. Laying on their back, just die right there because they can't even flip over. You know, we always think of this, the good shepherd, you see that, you know, maybe you want to Google it, that, that great artistic rendition where it shows Jesus is the good shepherd and he's holding that sheep you know, around his, his shoulders and just bringing them back to the fold. And we're like, oh, Jesus, he's so awesome. Do you know, do a little research on, on shepherds. This is pretty fascinating. Do you know why he's holding them like that? Because a good shepherd, when he finds that one sheep, do you know what he does? He breaks the leg 
of the sheep so they can't walk anymore, so they can't wander off anymore. And so he carries that sheep around so close to him, right there around his neck, just almost like a scarf, so that that sheep becomes so dependent upon him that, that while those legs are healing, you get so close, so personal, so attached to the shepherd that they'll never wander away again. There's so much here. As Jesus is saying, he's the good shepherd. Partners, he said, I'm gonna go after them. See, sheep have one job. Think about it. What is the one job of a sheep? Follow the shepherd. That's what we're supposed to do. Follow the shepherd. That's the, sheep, the sheep's primary responsibility. That's their job. I, I love what Pastor Tim Keller put it this way. He said, the understanding of God as your shepherd will fill up the greatest holes of your soul no matter what they are. That's how good Jesus is. He owns us. But at the same time, we're his partners as well the good shepherd. There's nothing more important than your relationship with a good shepherd. And there's nothing that will change your life for the better and really find fulfillment and heal those holes in your soul. Only Jesus can do it. I can't do it. No one else can do it for you. Only the good shepherd can heal those holes in your soul. So the good shepherd is about ownership, it's about partnership, and finally it's about friendship. It's about friendship. In Ireland, you know, it's a different kind of sheep. Those are kind of like free-range sheep, but, but, but what Jesus was talking about was not really that kind of shepherding. Uh, that kind of, it's a different kind of shepherding in biblical times or in, even in Middle Eastern culture still today. And, and it's this, a real good shepherd leads from the front. He cares for his sheep. He sacrifices for his sheep. He lays his life down just like Jesus did, and we'll look at it a little bit further in just a second. But a, a real good shepherd, he leads from the front. In other words, he's out in front, and, and, or, or she's out in front, and, and the sheep are following behind. A shepherd that is just raising the sheep for slaughter leads from behind. He just tells the sheep what to do. He doesn't show them where to go. He just calls out, do this, do this, you should do this, you should do that. You're not doing what you're supposed to from behind. That's a shepherd who's just, that's not a relationship, that's entrepreneurship. He just wants to use the sheep for his own personal gain. That's not the good shepherd. That's not the shepherd that Jesus is. The good shepherd leads from the front and as a result of leading from the front and bringing, they've actually done studies of this, the more peaceful sheep are, the better quality wool that they actually produce. So the good shepherd leads from the front and brings peace because he's concerned and he cares for and he loves and will even lay his life down for his sheep. Uh, uh, if you lead from the back, that's just driving the sheep to the slaughter. That's just so, so you know, that shepherd's just in it for a buck. And that's what Jesus was talking about, the difference between the good shepherd and a hireling. Major, major difference. He goes, I'm a friend. I want to have a growing relationship with you. And I'm going to be here with you, no matter what. There's power and safety in the flock of the good shepherd. Let me say it again. There's power and there's safety in the flock. Now, not out on our own, not disconnected. 
and, and I know it's difficult even as, you know, COVID has been where we weren't allowed to open up and we weren't allowed to have services. You know, it's been a long, long time since we have been allowed. And, and, and the reality is being out on our own, even living online campus, you're vulnerable. You're much more vulnerable because there's power and safety in the flock of God, not isolated at home or on the run so fast I don't have time to hear what the good shepherd has to say. So there's an enemy and he's out there and he's looking for those that are not connected in the house of God. And I, I understand this doesn't make you feel guilty or, or anything like that, but, but I think we need to take Jesus' words to heart. You know, we even have like all kinds of small groups. If you're still maybe vulnerable physically, uh, you know, at risk physically, but we have small groups that are going on. There's a very small number of people, low, low risk. So, so what's it going to take to reconnect with the flock of God? What's it, what's it going to take to just trust Jesus as your good shepherd? Because isolation is dangerous for any sheep for any length of time, much more a whole year of isolation as we are now cresting one year for many that have, it's been over a year since they've made the effort to be in the flock of God. There's power and there's safety in the flock of the good shepherd. The only one that wants you separated from the flock of the good shepherd is Satan. He's the only, he wants you separated. He wants you disconnected because you're vulnerable. And as we looked at last week, he came to steal, to kill, and destroy. That's what he wants. He wants to isolate. The wolf wants to destroy the sheep. That's what Jesus is talking about. Look at it again, John 10, verse 12. And so the wolf attacks them, and he scatters the flock. He wants you scattered. Don't come together. Don't make it a priority. Don't put Jesus first. Don't lift your voice and worship with other brothers and sisters in Christ. Don't do any of those things. Because then I'll get you. And you'll never fulfill the plan that God has for you. That's what the wolf says. He came to steal, kill, and destroy. And this is not, this was not some sort of, uh, uh, you know, unusual or, or vague reference. This, happened, this has happened all over the, you know, for the last two millennia. That's why the writer of Hebrew put it, Hebrews put it this way, Hebrews 10, 25. Let us not neglect our meeting together, our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Jesus' return is closer now than it's ever been before. I don't know when it's going to be, but I do know this. It's closer today than it was yesterday. It's closer today than it was a year ago when, when the shutdown and the lockdowns came. And so don't neglect meeting together. Even 2,000 years ago, there were Christians that were doing that, and, and this is where Jesus, he's speaking, and he's using this great analogy of the flock of God. And he says, I'm the good shepherd. I'll protect you. I laid in my life down for you. Don't be isolated and don't be on your own. See, it's not just productivity or safety that it's about. 
we're also supposed to be, as followers of the Good Shepherd, we're supposed to be continuing the mission of the Good Shepherd's heart. And, and, and we said what that was last week. Jesus said, I came to seek and save the lost. That's his mission. If we're following him, we'll have the same mission. You'll have the same mission, and I'll have the same mission as well. In John 10, 16, Jesus put it this way. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. You know, I had an opportunity just even this week to, to be on a Zoom call with about 55 leaders from really around the world. Uh, one in particular, he was the, the main uh, guest that represents over 600 million Christians. The World Evangelical Association. 600 million Christians. They actually think it could be higher than that because they can't yet totally quantify those in communist and, and socialist nations where it's against the law. Uh, and, and some places in the Middle East where it's against the law to be a Christian, they think it could actually be closer to 900 million evangelical Christians on the planet right now. And it's just amazing to see uh, just what God is doing around the planet, although he admitted himself in the United States, it seems like the Christian church is losing more and more ground every day. But that's not the case globally. Just growing and spreading like wildfire, especially evangelical Christianity. And just to hear what God is doing all around the world in Germany and in, in, on the continent of, of Africa and China in the underground church in China. So much going on. We're supposed to be on mission. The mission that Jesus had, that there will be one flock and one shepherd. And the reason I was on that Zoom was because some major Christian organizations uh, and, and denominations coming together, one voice, to speak to some of the just awful things that are happening in the world, like in Nigeria, uh, the genocide of Christians taking place right now in Nigeria. I, I was not really aware of it uh, until on this Zoom call. And standing up with one voice, the unity coming that is, that is not going to come. It is happening right now. One Christian voice speaking to these issues. It's powerful. And it's what Jesus is all about. One flock, one shepherd. So, so another church, another Christian church, that, that, they're not our competition. We're all in the flock of God. One shepherd, one flock. That's what God is doing. That's what the good shepherd is doing on planet earth right now. And so we need to be on the mission that Jesus has given us. There's one other thing I think is important that, just, that, that we consider that Jesus says here about as he's describing who he is as the good shepherd. I think we need to celebrate that we are in the strength of the grip of the good shepherd. Look at what Jesus says in John chapter 10, verse 28. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. You know, sometimes people say, hey, you know, Greg, can, you, can someone lose their salvation? I, I don't know. I don't know if you can lose something that you didn't earn to begin with. I don't know if that's possible. Because Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd and I hang on to my sheep. I care for my sheep. I feed my sheep. I protect my sheep. I lay my life down for my sheep. No one will snatch them out of my hand. 
That's the good shepherd. He gives them eternal life and no one will snatch them out of my hand. So we should celebrate that you and I are in the grip of the good shepherd. Now let me connect these two. I am the door that we talked about last week and I am the good shepherd that we just looked at. Because these are really like almost one picture. Like I said, part one, part two. Part one last week, part two today. When a shepherd in Middle Eastern times, biblical times, a shepherd would lead the sheep out, he would take them, like nightfall comes, and he, they would build these little stockades that were built for the, for the sheepfold, for the flock, and, and fencing, and they'd lead them in there, but there was actually no doorway to the actual little stockade. And do you know what the shepherd would do? The shepherd would actually lay down between the posts and he would lay down and he would go to sleep in the doorway he would literally physically he was a human shield to keep the wolves out and Jesus said I am the door and then he said I am the good shepherd and to his original hearers this is what they were thinking of just as a good shepherd lays his life down in the doorway, a human shield to protect the flock of God from the wolves that would come in and scatter them and isolate them and destroy them. He says, I am the door. I'm the good shepherd. I lay down my life. He said, nobody takes it from me. I lay down my life and if I lay it down, I can pick it up again. And that's what happened on Good Friday. And that's what happened on Easter. On Good Friday, he laid his life down as the good shepherd for you, for me. On Easter, he took it back up again. So that you and I, when we receive him, he's the door, as we talked about last week, He's the door that we have to go through to enter into the family of God, the flock of God. When we receive him, we come into the family and the flock of God. You know, David was a shepherd, and, and he got a hint of this. This is how he was able to write the 23rd Psalm. And, and just think about how, how beautiful, the incredible insight that, that he had into the heart of God and, and who the promised one would end up being. Jesus himself, he could see the foreknowledge, the prophetic insight. In Psalm 23, as David wrote, the Lord is my shepherd, I like nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He feeds me. He leads me beside quiet waters. He, he gives me water to drink. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Not, not the paths I want, but he knows what's best for me. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You protect me, even with enemies all around. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. 
Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David said, I will forever be in the flock. I will forever be connected. I will forever be in the house of God. Because the Lord is my shepherd. So let me ask you today. Have you allowed Jesus to be your shepherd? I'm not talking about five years ago or even two days ago. Is he your shepherd today? Right now? Are you daily choosing the good shepherd over all these other shepherds that want us to follow them? Jesus is the good shepherd. This is the promise of what life looks like when we follow the good shepherd. It's not perfect. Though I walk through the darkest valley, the valley of the shadow of death, some translations say. It's difficult. There'll be crisis. There are going to be challenges. But when the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything that I need. All I need to do is to continue to follow him. I'm going to ask right now, would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this incredible picture that you took the time from Genesis all the way through to the book of Revelation to paint this beautiful picture of your heart for us, of a good shepherd. That's who you are. That's what Jesus showed us. That's who he is. Lord, so many times we're sheep. We, we, we just keep eating until our stomach's about to burst. We, we just get distracted and on our own and flipped over on our backs. We need you so much, Lord. God, I pray that through your word today that we've looked at, that, that we would remember the good shepherd of Jesus and we would forsake other shepherds other voices and look to Jesus that we would be able to in agreement say with the psalmist that you are our shepherd we have no lack and Lord we know that we can trust you because you care for us you'll protect us you'll provide for us you'll nurture us as we do the one thing we really can do and that's follow you, our good shepherd. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.